welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. All right, welcome again to the Defender Podcast. Today is February 22nd, 2023. I can't believe we're past Valentine's Day. We're already well into 2023. I'm Rick Morton, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Herbie, uh, even as we speak, is in India and uh, is is making a tour around India, visiting partners and uh, and other folks that we work with in the nation of India and and so we're going to soldier on without him for this podcast today, but we, uh, we're we just praying for a safe return and uh, want to see him home really soon. I have a really, really distinct pleasure today to sit down with two of my favorite people in the world, Carla Thrasher and Jana Lombardo, who are integral parts of what the Lord does um, day in and day out through Lifeline, and particularly as we're focused on international adoption, but just two ladies who become dear friends and um, people that um, that I love and respect and can't believe that I get to work with. But before we get to them, we're going to take time for, out for our promo today. Uh, we want to remind you about the Roadmap to International Adoption webinar. It's almost as if there's a theme today, right? Uh, we're talking about the Roadmap to International Adoption webinar. Um, if you're considering international adoption, but you're stuck with too many questions to list, we want to invite you to join that upcoming Roadmap to International Adoption webinar Topics that they're going to include in that webinar are the application process, what's a home study, what travel um, looks like for different programs, financing your adoption, and a whole lot more. You can register for free at lifelinechild.org backslash information dash meetings, or you can see our show notes for more information. That's lifelinechild.org backslash information dash meetings, uh, or you can check it out in the show notes. And so it is that time that I look forward to in the podcast where we get a chance to to talk to the people who who really know. And so Carla Thrasher, who is our senior director for uh, international adoption and uh, Jana Lombardo, who's our director for international programs are here and uh, they're going to be talking about some really exciting things. First thing we're going to do, Carla, is we want to we want to kind of talk about 2022 and, and kind of where we are because we. You know, we try as a part of what we do on this podcast to keep folks informed about how things are currently in international adoption and, and want to help people to be able, be able to keep a pulse on kind of the landscape of international adoption. So welcome. And um, why don't you just jump in and, and let's talk about kind of the year that was 2022. Thanks so much, Rick. And you're right. I think we have a theme going. It's a very exciting theme. I know I speak for Jana too. We really, this could be a three-hour podcast. We could talk about international adoption and just what it means to us personally, you know, what it means to our ministry here. You know, three hours would probably even be cutting things short for us. But yeah, let's let's revisit 2022. Um, you know, 2022, I think, was a year that was still um, impacted by COVID um, at the start of the year. I think the number we all wait for every single year is that end of the year number um, of how many children have been placed in families. And very excited to celebrate that 2022, we saw 121 children come home through international adoption to Christian missional families through the Ministry of Lifeline. 
and just want to take a minute, like we always do, to just recognize that the miracle of those 121 children. We talk about things in numbers a lot, but we don't ever want to move away from the fact that we're talking about children. Yeah. And we're talking about children that now have mamas and daddies and are hearing about Jesus and, you know, have medical care and education and all of those things that they may have been missing um, in their country of origin. But those 121 children came home. Some of our largest programs continue to be Colombia, India, Costa Rica, Brazil, Hungary, and Bulgaria. Um, So we were real excited to see that mix of countries. The average age of child coming home is now seven years old um, through our ministry. Yeah. And Rick, I appreciate that. Wow. Um, You know, if you've been following international adoption, you know, for maybe the last 10 or so years, you will notice definitely an increase in the age of children coming home. We also saw a good mix of little boys and little girls. You know, we're right at about 50-50 there. And one thing that we've been real excited about here at Lifeline is we're seeing more sibling groups mm-hmm. have an opportunity to be um, adopted and to come home to to waiting families. Families, so just real excited, you know, to see where the Lord is leading Lifeline. So excited to be part of a ministry that even amidst, um, you know, amidst a general decline in numbers worldwide, internationally over the last several years that Lifeline is committed to waiting children. Well, and I think it's important, you know, just for us to say that, that we're not moved by those numbers, that, that it's not that, that ultimately our call and the call to families is Mm -hmm. to be obedient. It's to step out and to do what God's called us to do. Right. And we know that international adoption is the exact right answer for many children. And so as long as that continues to be, um, and as long as we continue to have opportunity, Mm -hmm. we're going to work with families and we're going to help families to bring children home from across the globe. If there's a day where that's no longer needed, and there's a better way to accomplish that then then the lord's going to show us that right. and and we're going to we're going to walk in that but until until that time and i think you point out some of those statistics and you talk about the average age of kids mm-hmm. and and we know that kids over 7 years old kids that are a part of sibling groups kids with special needs mm-hmm. are the kids that are that are most likely to be impacted by international adoption, but they're also the ones that are most in need right. of being adopted mm-hmm. into a different context. And it's really pretty remarkable after, you know, if you if you really think back on a global pandemic that mm-hmm. just two years ago, we were all sitting home and no one was mm-hmm. going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that two years later, we're seeing kids come home and we're seeing families able to travel and we're seeing, you know, the things that are that are able to happen happen. And so that's, you know, that's certainly a big part mm-hmm. of of our ministry continues to be and something that we mm-hmm. want to continue to create awareness for. I think, you know, also um there are things have changed somewhat though, right? Like mm-hmm. there um, we we continue to see the world of of international adoption kind of develop, and so maybe talk a little bit about you know some of the some of the other changes and some of the things that we continue to see as a ministry mm-hmm. um, in you know kind of out on the landscape. Yeah, oh, I'd love to, um, but you know, I just want to say, Rick, I'm so proud to be part of a ministry that is so committed to the children that need families the most, mm-hmm. all children intrinsic need, you know, for a family, but that we pursue the children with the more moderate needs, the children that are older, the sibling groups. I've always been really proud of that. 
But as far as just the landscape of international adoption in general, it continues to change. Um, Like you talked about older kids, sibling groups, more moderate needs. One thing that Lifeline um, is very excited about this year are just looking at new opportunities for families as far as programs. We are, we recently relaunched Macedonia, which actually is North Macedonia. Um, You'll notice a theme. We may call it several things. We called it Macedonia and then we were corrected that it was North Macedonia. We had a staff member call it New Macedonia, <laughs> but y'all, y'all bear with us as we. Um, and we're as, all just laughing because yeah. <laughs> it was it was Yugoslavia yeah. when we were all in school, <laughs> right. and so so there's been a lot of change yeah. that's happened along yeah. the way, and uh, and but trying to get used to the to the yeah. name, it is North North Mas- Macedonia. Macedonia. Yeah. That's right. And Jana's going to jump in in just a little bit and um, just talk more about that relaunch and just some of the the specifics about North Macedonia. Um, but along with North Macedonia, we are currently waiting for accreditation in Burundi. Rick took one for the team and traveled to Burundi um, at the end of last year. Bereft of luggage, by the way. That was fun. Spent some good time there. Um, We have paperwork currently in the Philippines. Um, We've been pursuing Philippines for um, a couple of years now and are excited to be at the end of what we hope is the last stage of the accreditation process. We are exploring Ecuador. We are exploring South Africa, Nicaragua, and Panama. Mm. So just exciting, though, and just really looking at where the Lord wants us yeah. as a ministry and where are the needs um, that we can we can best impact, um, needs of waiting children. But I'm going to toss to Jana and just um, have her share in more detail um, North Macedonia and some of those specifics. All right. Thanks, Carla. This is, um, I can't tell you guys how excited I am about this relaunch. And um, one of the things that it's important just to kind of note, and again, I may not get all of the details correct, and I may not get all of the history correct, but Macedonia has changed its name from Macedonia to North Macedonia. And that happened in 2018, 2019, um, as an agreement uh, was signed. And I think it's just important to know just that little tidbit of history. You know, you can Google and learn a little bit more about the PRESPA agreement that was signed to kind of instigate that that name change. And I'm not going to get into all those details because I don't think I understand them all. but I, you know, we we took this as a as an opportunity as we were doing some work on our website and just making sure things were up to date. We got to making sure we were looking at our Macedonia program. We've been accredited there since 2015 and trying to figure out do we do we keep this on our website? Do we not keep this on our website? And you know, we we began to to research into that learning about this this name change and some changes that have taken place in the country. And so we really just began to dig in and figure out, do we want to have a place? Do we want to have a space in North Macedonia? We have um, always been accredited. We'll never lose our accreditation. Um, the country has, you know, uh, assured us of that. Um, our history there is, is rich, in my opinion, because our contact that we have worked with for years, Sasha Yakubinko, who 
who is our dear brother in Christ and has worked with Lifeline for over 20 years, who's currently living in Poland, was working with uh, a teammate who was helping with adoptions in Poland, Poland through the National Adoption Center at the time. But our sweet dear friend, Monica Kay, I cannot pronounce her last name, so that's why I'm going to call her Monica Kay. Um, Monica Kay worked with Sasha in adoptions in Poland, and she's from Macedonia. And, uh, you know, the Lord just really instilled in us, let's let's see what we can do in this program and get it going. In 2015, we did. Uh, we sent several dossiers over to the ministry and just didn't see any traction, you know, didn't see anything moving forward. But as we learned of this change in name from Macedonia to North Macedonia, we began to, to dive in again with Monica Kay and begin to kind of figure out what can we do to change? You know, what can we do to make this an option or a possibility for families? Because there are needs. You know, there are children who need mamas and daddies in Macedonia, children who need Jesus. And so we began to just figure out some just different little things that we can change about our dossier structure, about our home study structure to be able to potentially have matches in this country. Well, I was just going to say, I think one of the things to keep in mind, too, as, as folks are thinking about this is that North Macedonia is really young as a country. I mean, this right. is a this is a country that didn't come to be until 1991. And so, and we joke about the the change in the name from North Macedonia, from Macedonia to North Macedonia. That's actually as a result of the fact that they're evolving and, and mm-hmm. changing right. as a country. There's, you know, there's uh, Greece actually has a region called Macedonia. And so the reason that they took the name North Macedonia was not to be confused right with a right. region in Greece. And and so I think a lot of even our, you know, our learning how to work with them is is also a part of the fact that they're learning how to be a sovereign nation right. and they're learning how to kind of exist on the world stage. Right. They, you know, they're they're now a part of NATO. They're, you know, they're petitioning for inclusion into the EU. Like there there are things that are happening and and so it just seems like that the Lord really has some interesting timing for us at this right. point in time to really go back and and you know reconsider because because I think as a country they haven't really been ready um to you know right. to enter in and and to do this work but but now um seems like a you know seems like an incredibly opportune time both for for the nation but also for lifeline to be able to put a you know a little bit of emphasis there and and so Jana, from uh, tell us a little bit about the about the program, like the you know kids that are right. available potentially, and the kind of families that would be well placed to to be able to adopt from North Macedonia. That's great because I do think that's really important because this is a true pilot program. That's the term we like to use when we're launching something, uh, kind of from the beginning again, and so. You know, we really want families that are going to be willing to be that that pioneer, be that pilot, be that one that helps us learn a little bit more about this this program. There's not a lot of restriction on your family. You know, family size, number of children in the home. It is pretty much kind of a general, you know, home study process. And so there's not a lot of, of limitations on that or, or requirements that may be out there, you know, that are in other countries. I think one of the things that I really love the most about this is 
the children that we are going to see available for adoption. Categories are going to be, you know, healthy to significant special needs, but we really want families to be open to all of those categories as we've been instructed that that's going to give us the best potential possibilities for matching with the caveat that that you will be able to say no if it's a need that's a little bit beyond your capacity. Sibling groups are going to be available, um, but I think the thing that the that I'm so excited about are just the nationalities that we might see. The Turkish population, Albanian children, uh, and of course, you know, near and dear to my heart are the Roma population of children. And so I do think that um, we are able to kind of create this program to be what we want it to be as North Macedonia doesn't have experience in international adoption to the U.S. or even international adoption to other countries. Uh, We have a really great connection at the Council for Adoption and Protection of Children. Uh, Her name is also Monica. So we've got Monica K. and we've got Monica B. Again, I can't pronounce either one of them, their last names but confident in these ladies and their experience who have done this for for years. Um, Children are going to be, you know, possibly in a foster home or in a group home or in a true orphanage. And so it's something to think about the the care that they may or may not, you know, have received. Um, So we're really just so excited to learn about this, these options. We've gotten one application. We're talking to some other inquiry families and we are ready to get started. And um, just knowing that we're going to do our best to dot the I's and cross the T's. Uh, but there are some unknowns here that that we are excited to, to walk alongside families and help learn this process, you know, with them. I can't help but think when we start talking about this and even, you know, months and months and months ago when we were having conversations about the possibility of of what, you know, what might be happening in North Macedonia, automatically thought of Acts chapter 16, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and Paul and and the vision that he had from the man, you know, the man from Macedonia saying, you know, yeah. like, please come over. We we need help. And, you know, in that it was it was we need the gospel. Right. <laughs> and really. Uh, I think that's largely what we're trying to step into now is we're we're taking kids uh, that are not only deprived of family, but in a lot of cases are deprived of uh, an influence of the gospel. Um, part of the part of the story of North North Macedonia, because of where it is, and and because of all of those you know ethnic groups that that Jana talked about, it's it's also about you know a little over a third um, Islamic. And uh, and so there's a you know predominantly the the faiths that are kind of represented there um, very much the Eastern Orthodox Church kind of dominates but there's a large Muslim population that's part of North Macedonia as well and and so I think the you know one of the things we're always conscious of particularly as we're as we're thinking about a pilot program is that we're you know we're asking families to to pray about whether they would, you know, whether they would step in and kind of be those trailblazers. And, and it's not just even, um, although that's part of it to, you know, like help us to work through the process and to learn how to, to do this well with families and to relate to the officials well, as we, you know, as we build a new program, but, but there's also that missional aspect of wanting to, you know, present the gospel well and wanting to put, you know, to put a, a winsome face on on Christ and and the things you know the things of God as we send families and so Carl I'd I'd love it if you just kind of jump in and, and talk about some of the 
some of the hopes and dreams that we have for families um, as far as how they're going to approach adoption missionally and and how this even this opportunity in North Macedonia can be leveraged that way. Rick, I was getting so excited while you were talking about that because I was thinking about historically how Lifeline has had such an impact on shaping even how central authorities and governments view waiting children. Um, and the fact that we can go into the central authority with the message of the gospel and just the message of these children being image bearers and taking the message into central authorities that all of these children are worthy, that we are not a ministry that's coming in only interested in children that are are young or children that have minor needs or maybe no needs. But we are truly interested in pursuing the children that are going to have the more moderate needs or children that are older or sibling groups, maybe that everybody's not lined up to pursue. And what a message to central authorities, to government entities about the gospel. Um, So I love when we are able to go into these countries and truly have that be our message. Um, And the same with families, you know, just the message of you are going into this country as an extension of lifeline, as a minister of the gospel to all the people that you'll meet on the ground, to our team on the ground. Our team are not always believers. Um, and, And most importantly, to the children that you're going to be bringing into your home. Our hope is that during your process, we are discipling you so that you are then able to disciple the children coming into your home. That's so awesome. I I, I think, you know, one of the things I was sitting here, even as, as you were talking, um, also thinking about, and I'm, I'm amazed sometimes at the reach of, you know, this podcast, the way that things kind of get out from Lifeline and the things that God does through, you know, just kind of friends and word of mouth. And you know, the other thing that we really don't know right now in North Macedonia, we feel a call to be there. We don't know any churches there. (laughs) Like we don't know, like we're we're not, it's not like we have, you know, we have this kind of body of believers that we're connected to, but I've been amazed. I mean, we, we laugh and, and I'd love to tell the story sometime of the trip to Burundi, but you know, part of the, part of the fun of, of that trip and kind of that story to this point is the way that God has raised up a couple of churches and and raised up even a, a you know a bible college and seminary there that we that we've gotten to know and are connected to as we're seeing what the lord's up to and so one of the things i'd ask folks to pray for but also to be active in if if they know somebody in north macedonia if you're out there and you say hey we have a church partner we there's a missionary that we know that serves in that area yeah like call jana call call yeah. call carla yeah you know it. Even even in that excitement, Rick, because I think that's one of the exciting things that that I've learned over the years at Lifeline is when we 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 get into a new place and we have a new opportunity, how how it's all going to end up working out and who are we going to get to meet and who are we going to get to know and we actually uh, talked to uh, some missionaries already uh, even yesterday and that's so exciting that we've already begun to make um, some contacts. Looking forward to getting involved in the local church. I do think the thing that excites me the most and and Carla will know this about me. Uh, Rick does too, but just 
the older children that we are going to be able to impact and the older children that may never have had a family or may have never been a part of a family in the sibling groups, you know, just knowing that there's a possibility that they may they may have families and be able to know Jesus. I think that that's what drives a lot of what we we do and these kids who are made in the image of God and are valuable and are so important and knowing, you know, what could potentially be out there for them. It just excites me. Even if we don't know all of the I's that need to be dotted and the T's that need to be crossed, we're we're in it and and we're going to figure it out. Yeah, and and what a what an incredible opportunity, right? To be on the on the front edge of that and to, to pioneer something. And, and I think about, you know, I, I can't help but think about a pioneer program like this and think that not that many years ago, India was that kind of program for us, right? right? right. Like we were inviting, you know, we were inviting families to be pilot families in India. And, and there was, there was a lot we didn't know. Um, but what we did know is that we were called there. <laughs> we, right. we were, right. we were, you know, we, there was an opportunity for, not only for adoption, but for, for the gospel in a much greater sense. And, and, you know, today we're sitting here in Herbie's there and visiting right. with partners right. and, um, you know, and celebrated and, our a hundred, our hundreds adoption from India over the summer in 2022. Maybe, you know, on some scale, probably not that scale, but, yeah. but on some scale, that's, that's North Macedonia in the future. And, and we're just looking for those people that God's, you know, kind of cut out and written their story and, created the opportunity. And so um, tell the folks that are listening to the podcast, what's the next step? How do you get involved? And if the Lord leads them to lean into this and see if this is something for their family, what do they do next? That's great, Rick. So next steps, uh, we would want you to complete what we call our pre-application. And if you go to our website um, and navigate it a little bit and find adoption and click on international, it will take you to what we call our pre-application. takes you about two minutes to fill out, and that information will get to the right hands, and we'll be able to schedule a call with you um, and give you some, and we call it our inquiry call, and give you some good information and insights to North Macedonia uh, and what it might look like to be a part of that program. So it's easy to get started, um, and we would definitely want you to want you to do that if you're interested, even just to learn a little bit. Um, and if North Macedonia is not the the program for you, then we might can find you a, a really good fit with some of our other programs as well. So don't hesitate to to do that for us. And through the month of February, we are offering. $1,000 scholarships from our Hope Adoption Fund um, for any families that may be applying to our North Macedonia program. So just excited to be able to support families financially that will take this step with us. Absolutely. And we're thankful for donors that make that kind of work possible um, so that a family can, you know, can step into a pilot program like this and, and to, you know, negotiate something that's new. And, and so we're, we're thankful for that all the way around. You know, I'm I'm anticipating and excited about the next time we talk about North Macedonia because we just know God's up to something. We're convinced that there's that there's something uh, for some families and for Lifeline to be able to come alongside families in the church and in that area. And um, and I look forward to you know a year or two from now when we're able to sit back in this room and have another opportunity. But we're talking about families that have enter the process and where they are and and maybe some stories of of the things that God's begun to do in North Macedonia as a result of of this ministry. 
we will meet you right back here, Rick, to talk about that. Right in this right, room, right, right, in, right our, here. in our brand new podcast studio, right? Like yeah. this is this is actually um, this is like the maiden voyage of the podcast studio. So if it doesn't sound right today, I apologize because we're trying to get this figured out. But um, we we're just really thankful for the way that the Lord continues to move and continues to create opportunities for us in all kinds of ways to bring the church to bear. Um, and to bring the gospel to bear in the lives of orphaned, vulnerable children and vulnerable families. And we would invite you to go to lifelinechild.org. You can find out more about North Macedonia there. You can find out more about international adoption. You can find out more about a lot of things that the Lord has us um, invested in and in ways that we're, you know, that we're seeking to make the gospel known. And we would love nothing more that if you find something there and God's calling you to it, call us. Um, because we love those connections and we love the opportunity to be able to walk with people um, as they're seeking to fulfill God's call on their lives. And so until we have a time to, to rendezvous next week back here um, on the Defender podcast, we pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. And we look forward to, to seeing you right back here next week for the next episode of the Defender podcast. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.